spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Well, that old-timey voice was that of the 12th President of the United States, Slim Garfield. Thanks for joining us. I don't know about that one. Was that a stretch in the lost column? That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. Uh, arguably, no, I'm going to say inarguably. Inarguably. The most popular podcast on the internet right now. I defy you to find a more popular one right now. Can't do it. And thank you. I appreciate it. You just looked it up. I did. I had the intern right in from the other room. We go over industry news. Paperkeg.com. Check it out. We have a, a roundtable discussion of what we're reading. New and old. Right. We don't discriminate. No, if you guys want to just reach on back into the long boxes, print comics back in the day. Yeah, you know, back in the day. Pull it out, read it. Read, yeah, just pull it out right now while you're listening. Yeah. Uh, we do a book club book this week. Yeah. It's Marvels by Bert Cusick. And Marvels. this week's Cusick? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention his name on the Twitter. He is watching you like a hawk. He has filters <laughs> he ha- set up. He has the Sandalot filter set up, and he is watching yeah. you. They, sh- they have a mind share of you know code that they type in to mm-hmm. filter out. And we'll read your letters uh, at the end of the show. Letters at papergeek.com. We will read it. Everyone loves hearing their own name on a podcast. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. That's why a lot of people tune in. Yeah. To hear their letters at the end. I, I would be willing to bet 30% of our listeners listen to hear their name mentioned. Whenever gets so you're saying we only have nine listeners? It's the only reason Jones is on here. There you go. I just, <laughs> I just said your name. Uh, let's go around the round table of illustrious hosts. Uh, to my immediate right, he is the star of an episode of Tosh Pointer that has not aired yet as of this recording. Internet person. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. Mark D- Farrington. DVD extras occupier. What a DVD extras. Folks. How are y'all doing? Are you, is this the greatest day of your life being here? Be honest. Every day with you guys is one of the wow. greatest days of my life. Mark is famous on this podcast for being a nobody now. When it comes to DC, wow, <laughs> wow! No, you are you're you're still the Batman genealogist. If you want to get row about it, you already called me out. I have no personality. I'm done. No, that's I didn't say you didn't have a personality. You have a great personality. You're an enigma. I don't know anything about you. I know. An enigma. Nobody you knows know anything about you, Mark. We come in the front door of the house. We march right downstairs. We do our show and we leave. Everything's cordoned off. We don't you hear know. anything. He, just he doesn't big, email. Just put, he just put the big paw up on the table. Extremely <laughs> overrated. Mama Math tries to come down and eat. You yell at her for coming down and saying hi. Let's uh, <laughs> let's keep the tr- the introduction train moving. It's true. We're running out of tape. Never heard the intro song go this long. Actually, yeah, we do it every episode. We did it last week. It ran out. <laughs> yeah. It uh, you're um, you're you're a famous person on this show, Jonesy. Thank you. Uh, so you're working on what could be the greatest non-published comic book in the history of this podcast. Absolutely. 
of all the comics we've published or not published on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give out the, the name. We don't want to tease too no. much. Yeah, we're, that's our retirement fund. So we don't. Well, the intro ran out, Mark. Look at that. Yeah, you're right. Again. You're right. Uh, welcome to the show, Jonesy. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you being for here. Uh, we didn't. We weren't sure if we're going to rebound after last week's fumble of the beginning of a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's all right. You know, I'm off the drugs. I'm back. Good for I'm, you. I'm back normal. You're off the cocaine. You know, I'm. I'm not upraged or outroared. Give you <laughs> something to focus <laughs> your hate on, and you're just sharp as all hell. Yeah, really. Give me something to hate, and I'll just. I'm right back. Just Dave. Uh, I didn't say his name. Mark. We need to go to our next host, our next and final host. Yeah. Uh, he is being crucified on the internet right now for his his uh, opinions on one more day. Yeah, it's I'm fighting back, and I don't. Where's my sympathizers? They don't. Nobody they don't cares. Email. They don't. Email, they don't email. Sure. That's only the negative neg- negative Nancys. Last week, Dale underscore A. He's been called an internet celebrity by some folks. Yep. Uh, he loved one more day. He loved every second of it. I liked right? it. I liked it. I remember saying I liked it. Um, yeah. He is perfectly happy paying sixty dollars a month for <laughs> every amazing Spider-Man that ships. Troll him again in bro. a thirty-day period. It's gonna be that. Kind Dale, of welcome to the show. Um, I feel like locking myself in the garage with my running car right now and just <laughs> letting the car run. You yeah. had a good run. It was fun. It was I fun. think. It's been uh, fun. We gotta yeah. get into the news. Look, I love Spider Man and I love the news segment. Slim, what's in the news right now? Uh a lot of stuff dropped recently this month. Like it was hot. No, not hot. No. You know what's not hot? Greg the, Land. This basement? <laughs> Cold basement. <laughs> you mean the studio we're recording? Yeah, in? Exactly. <laughs> yes. We gotta uh, get the uh the utility guy up here. Avenging Spider Man. Mm. You read it, right, Joe? Love the first issues. That Wells, Joe Mad. No Joe made for the art. No anchor. Right? No anchor on that book. Did you notice? Didn't no need anchor? it. What? Get didn't need it. <laughs> didn't need it. You didn't think it needed an anchor? Nope. I think you're both. I, so I, you know what? I didn't think it needed. Come on. The the shots of the Red Hulk from far away. You don't need an anchor for that. Can I be honest right now? I don't give two craps about the Red Hulk. Nobody does, Slim. Nobody Thank does. Thank you. Mark and I are on the same side here. For once. Red Hulk historians, nobody cares about him. This entire existence. So if why you are you historians of him? Because it's so easy to be one. <laughs> No, General Thunderbolt Ross is Red Hulk. Correct. Spoilers. And apparently he's he's a hip jokester when he's Red Hulk. Was Thunderbolt Ross always a hip jokester when he was... No, but the mutation gives him jokey It powers. mutated his, hum- his know, humor he gene. He becomes snarky. Well, I mean, he's got the mentality, if you can't beat him, join him. That's what, I mean, what's the point? He's, so, he's got to live through this. He's a general. You know. Avenging Spider-Man is out. General of my heart. And uh, they alluded to the fact that there would be multiple... You know, A-list artists on this book. They did. They'd be maybe rotating with Joe Mad. Yeah, Joe Mad would do the majority. Yeah. Parentheses, maybe some other artists too. Okay. So it was announced, internet broke in half, that issue four would feature Greg Land. How do you feel about Greg Land again? You personally, Slim? He's not my favorite. I'll say that. It's quotable. I mean, on on a level... Quite the politician. Can we? There, let's, we'll go on the bagely level. Greg Land is like, I say he's a he's a, a level nine bagely. Yeah, circa yeah. first volume Ultimate Spider Man. I mean, I said that I could have drawn better art with my right foot on the first volume Ultimate Spider Man. There's the hate I was looking for. Yeah, 
Yeah, Greg Land. I mean, you know, don't do this to my Avenging Spider-Man. I think don't that, do it. that book just went down about fifty notches. I, now the problem is, I need to buy it because it's not like he's permanent replacing Joe Mad. Joe Mad is still the guy apparently, but Greg, this is a one-off issue with Greg. Greg Land. They couldn't have gotten another guy. I know some How, uh, anybody. I mean, they knew your right th- foot. They an- <laughs> <laughs> my right foot is free left if you're lucky. Yeah. They, this book was announced six months ago. Yep. They couldn't have gotten some guy, you know, some lead time. You think they, I mean, Greg they had Land? to have side, side, side immensely. Just Marvel as a whole. <sighs> I mean, they put that guy on the final issue of Uncanny X-Men. They they trust that guy to put a book together in maybe like two weeks. I bet he can yeah. draw a comic book in two weeks. That's that's, yeah. that's my prediction on why he continues to get work. I think they were in a crunch. <laughs> and they needed somebody to do a comic in two weeks. You know, a lot of people like him. Who? Name five. Who? I knew that was coming. <laughs> Classic. Sorry. Top five questions. I apologize. <laughs> Instinct. Slim Kilborn. I don't know anyone personally that likes Greg Land. Jody. Did you just compare me to Greg Kil- Craig Kilborn? That guy's a zero. Just the top five questions. God, you're so irritable. <laughs> Such a wanker, man. I was thinking the you're other a day. Wanker. I was thinking the other day. I was when I was reading uh, Marvels, which is our book club, and I he was saying that he had become a crotchety old man. Like in his, in his age, the main character, what's his name? Phil Sheldon. Oh, yeah. Phil. I think I've become a crotchety old man. I think you were born a crotchety old man. <laughs> Fatherhood has done it to you. Yeah. Fatherhood and lack of sleep. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say it this week. I didn't say it last week. You didn't. Uh, there goes the paper cake. Greg Land. Go. So who's the artist after Greg Land on Avenging Spider-Man? Well, yeah, I wanted to uh, talk to you about that because yeah. is it? It's a, who is it? Is it Lan E? Yes, it is. Uh, issue five will be illustrated by Lionel E. Yeah. You say that how I imagine Judge Dredd would say his name. <laughs> say it again, Lionel <laughs> E. I, I envision this book as being like literal A list talent or talent that doesn't do comics anymore. And we get. I don't think Lionel E. has done that. That that's so hot. So you're West saying Chris Claremont's going to come in and draw? He's going to draw. draw. I don't think uh, Lionel E.'s art on the Ultimates book was that great. He did. Yeah, he so did so. like breakdowns in that book to begin with. I liked him on New Avengers, but even that was about what five years ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, he does things, but his art style changes a lot. He's experimenting. He's always experimenting. This is getting depressing. Let's change gears. Greg Land has, has destroyed the show in all of its glory. But you know Zeb Wells? Zeb Wells is great. I right. love the that's, Zeb You know, Wells. that's going to be the saving grace of Greg Land and Len yeah, and their art. Zeb Wells. It's not, let's not focus. He's got a great not, name. Let's not focus on the positive. I want to talk about something that is not, you know, brand new. Okay. Uh, Batman Year One, the animated film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's out. <laughs> Uh, Mark just saw it. I want to hear Mark's thoughts on Batman Year One. You're the Batman genealogist. You know, nobody knows more than Batman know about Batman than you. I tried so hard to like this movie. Easy, I really bro. did. <laughs> I really did. Jonesy, I can't spoil the movie for you because you read the book. And this movie is one of the things I didn't like about it is it shows you why you don't need a shot for shot recreation of a comic. Mm-hmm. It was faithful. It was very faithful. But it also reminds you why Frank Miller should not be read out loud. Just wasn't good. I didn't understand why some spots were read uh, out loud. 
You know, like you could hear the internal monologue of the characters. I I don't think that needs to happen if the art direction is good enough. You and I were talking about it, and I guess I love the fact that they tried, but the execution just fell flat on their face. Let me interrupt. He's uh, obviously <laughs> irritated right now. If Kevin Conroy had come back to do this movie, you would have loved it. Disagree. Am I right? No. Yeah, I, I am right. No. <laughs> I'm totally right. You are not right. If you would have got Kevin Conroy to voice... do this movie, you would be like, this movie's so great. And Kevin Conroy did a monologue. It's perfectly spaced throughout the story. The voice. Tell me I'm wrong. He's your You're Batman's wrong. favorite no, Batman. <laughs> you are it's your Batman's favorite wrong. Batman. The voice acting wasn't the problem in this book. Well, I actually didn't like the the OC as Batman that much. Yeah, but I'm trying not to validate oh. this point. <laughs> yeah, because it's totally valid. Everyone loves, you know, Breaking Bad's a hit now, and everyone wants to just, you know, lather themselves up over what's-his-face, that actor from Malcolm in the Middle, the dad. What's his name? What is his name? I don't know, but everyone loves anything he does. He's like the new John Hamm in uh, mm-hmm. what's-his-face from Firefly. Nathan, Nathan Fillion? Fillion. Whoever that is. Breaking Bad guy is the new that guy. You heard it here Good. first. You can you can hate him now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Some books shouldn't be adapted uh, it identically. Just, it just sounded corny read out loud. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're you're right. I just a lot of the stuff the the, the monologues read out loud should have happened. I don't think. <laughs> you might like Jersey, it because you're the Batman fan. <laughs> How have you not watched this already? I can't be it's the deciding like factor. Six months. I didn't see yeah, it. Yet, it's so. I don't know why I haven't I got it yet. I wanted to get it on Blu-ray. And you worked like we started packing for the move and. You know, it's just been crazy. Twenty hours, maybe like twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Green Lantern, Bruce Tim, the animated series, the one? CGI. Now watch, he's gonna say this is the greatest goddamn thing to come down the pike. Why is that? Inflammatory. Because watch the language. You're in. me. Yeah, you. Oh, okay. The GD. <sighs> Did anyone watch that? You watched it. I did, but I want Jonesy to tell me what I think of it. Please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did I feel? Your Green Lantern's favorite Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, you know, I just thought it was really good, and the CGI was really good. Did you see it? And, Did you see it, Jonesy? Jeff Johns is the fucking man. Oh, you know? my. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, oh, sorry. You know, family. Come you know. On. First of all, let's move the mic away from your mouth. <laughs> Can we edit that out? At least three inches. At least two, okay, two, two shows. Maybe let's just, you know, what, what time is it? We run out of tape? We run out of tape. We've blown oh the, the allotted time I had for Green Lantern whoa, whoa, out whoa, the wait window. A minute, wait a minute. Wait, that's not fair. Blame that is Jonesy not fair. You know, yeah, I take full responsibility. For yeah, your nay on Green Lantern. We're moving on. Can I lightning round Green Lantern and I'll skip my lightning round? Yes. Yay for Green Lantern to answer your question. When a DC cartoon puts this phrase, the animated series on it, I expect a certain level of quality. I think this is going to meet that level. All right. There you go. We're out of time. I mean, was that bad? You. Uh, we need to get back on the rails right now, and I'm looking to one guy to do it. We gotta get back to church. This guy is the keystone <laughs> of paper keg. Dale underscore. What are you reading right now? <clears throat> um, you say that, and I'm afraid to speak, Slim. Because <laughs> you know what I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say. You know what I'm gonna say. Incredible Hulk number two. <laughs> And look, I don't care what you think about. So I don't care about this Sylvester character. This story, the storyline is engaging to me. I've never read a Hulk story before, other than Hulk Gray for this show. But Jason Aaron is making this story interesting to me. 
I'm not paying attention to the art. I don't. I'm not dismissing it because 35 artists have all took turns doing one panel on one page of the book. Exclusive. That isn't exclusive because Silvestri apparently can't meet deadlines. He was in the hospital. Oh, don't you feel like an a hole? He's probably going through this one more day thing. Like, (laughs) you know what? You know what happened is he got sick, and he couldn't afford uh, any hospital bills because he spent all his money on Amazing Spider-Man one month. Okay. Slim. Slim is this is just heated keg issue two. Closed minded keg over here. Um, what is happening Incredible in Hulk. Incredible Hulk that makes me want to care? <clears throat> so okay. It's a good setup and it's and it's good execution so far. Uh the Hulk somehow managed to um separate himself from Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner didn't do it, and Bruce Banner spent tons of time attempting to do it to suppress the Hulk permanently or to get rid of him as a counterpart to Banner. Somehow the Hulk did it and must have been taken care of in in an event book somewhere. Who knows? But uh, the Incredible Hulk has taken shelter under the earth with Moloids, and he's kind of like at peace. He's he's at a very zen place in his life. He's accepting he that he beats things up. He's protecting these moloids, and they basically look at him as their sa- They look at him as their savior. Um, he's, he protects them from earth creatures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is all set up in the first five, ten pages of the book, and uh, in comes uh, um, somebody from Shield, somebody from the government, who needs to recruit Hawk to find Banner, and Bruce Banner has kind of gone off the chain. He is kind of crazy now, and. That is because after spending so much time wanting to be rid of this cancer that is the gamma-ridden beastie Hulk, he is he realizes that he, that's his greatest achievement, and he is nothing without hmm. the Incredible Hulk. Wow. So now he is spending all his time on this like irradiated island, trying to irradiate recreate. Himself? Wow, irradiate himself. And this, I mean. I don't know anything about the Hulk. I I could care less. Betty Betty's in a couple panels because it turns out that Bruce took Betty there under false pretenses for a vacation. She's got this bikini on with these big boobs. Then she turns into this red Hulk. I don't know what that's about. Oh, but they might be getting a divorce. And Bruce Banner is like going <laughs> off the deep end. This like is you can insane. you can see a sickness within him. He is like created Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh yeah. Like talking nice. warthogs on the island. It's like it's like the island of Dr. Moreau with the Hulk and Shield trying to find out where he is. Mm. You know, and, would... J- and Jason Aaron I would have never read this book if Jason Aaron wasn't attached to it. I don't read Hulk. I've never read Hulk. I did it. I don't want to read this book, but I want you to read it to me every week. <laughs> I'm going to I just do that. love your energy right now. Yeah, like I'm I don't know why I'm so energized right now, but I'm just so su- I think it's I'm so surprised that I'm I'm devoting the time to read it, and I got, I mean I got to thank Jason Aaron and you know Mark Silvestri get well soon my friend because uh, you you know maybe you applied your little broken hand to uh, you stuck somebody put a pencil in there for you and you just kind of scribbled on the, a page or something <laughs> maybe I but, I mean I really recommend you guys read these this book Incredible Hawk you know it would be cool if um, the uh, they made like a Bruce Banner book, like a Bruce Banner comic book. It's not not called the Hulk. Maybe make it like a digital only Bruce Banner comic book. You know, yeah. wacky hijinks he gets into trying to create, you know, cures and bebop and rocksteady. Yeah, I'd read that. 
but it's so cool because I mean you you kind of realize that Bruce Banner, he like I don't other than the Hulk aside he I've he doesn't bring anything to the table. I mean when does he? You know I mean maybe in the Ultimates, but that's a different universe altogether anyway. So he's a different guy. But mm-hmm. so he's I mean he's really like shook up about this. So maybe I I'll mean, check it out. You yeah, know check it out Probably and don't think liar. about the fifty thousand artists on there. Um, we have to move on. Great job, Dale. You brought the show back. Thank you. Thank you for that. From the brink. Can't trust anybody. Uh, speaking of not trusting anybody, Jonesy loves beer. Can't be trolled. What are you reading? Let's, uh, let's kick it up a notch with an image property. Hmm. Image comics? I've heard of them, yeah. (laughs) Familiar? Skull Kickers. Ooh, Hmm. Skull Kickers. Skull Kickers. Bought it on the, from the Comixology sale. Hot sale right now. Nine and nine cents an issue. Especially last week. Best believe I lost all my monies and bought this. Uh, this book is one of those um, rowdy titles where every issue isn't a, you know necessarily worried about continuity, isn't necessarily worried about you know any kind of drama. It's really just action comedy, loosely based on like a fantasy steampunk steam. Punk amalgam. Steampunk. Steampunk. <laughs> Steampunk. Uh, oh, get out the I'm geese. so upraised. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is just a real slamming book. Slamming? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I brought it back. But it's uh, it's like a, fa- a high fantasy, good, tongue-in-cheek world. Um, you know, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's a lot of comedic value, mm-hmm. but also tells, like, you know, very entertaining, you know, three or four issue arcs. And it's, it focuses on two main characters. One is a, you know, a tall, bulky guy with a six gun, and one is like, you know, the Scottish drunk dwarf warrior. And they kind of carve their way through this fantasy world and get into uh, zany misadventures. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really good. And if you liked the D and D comic, you're definitely gonna love this one. It's right in that vein of books. Jelly, really you good. reading Skull Kickers? Skull Kickers, yeah, I jumped on this sale too. Um, <clears throat> through a few recommendations from Cameron Rice, a couple guys at Comicsology talked Jurassic about Jurassic Alien on the Paper Keg West. Yeah, yeah, he brought it up a while ago, but uh, yeah, it's like it's another D and D book basically. It's hmm. high fantasy, which I love, and I think it's so cool that the uh, the tall guy has this six shooter, which doesn't exist otherwise in this fantasy world. Guns don't exist. Nobody knows what a gun is, but nobody addresses the fact that he has this gun. Uh, I do have to spoil it for you, though. I don't know if you've gone up to this issue. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, definitely have to spoil Can we go one episode where Dale is not spoiled about something? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, fine, fine. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. But kid's, the kid's going to die of a broken heart. <clears throat> but the letters pages are the, uh, you know, the artist, the creator talk about in the back of the book, you know, that it will be addressed and... Uh, and it's just a good book. I mean, the art's like really, it's really sharp, cartoony, but the lines are sharp and well-colored. It's its its really cool. Yeah, this book really knocks it out of the park from every angle. Makes me want to play some D&D. What? Roll it. As they say. Roll it. Roll them bones. Uh, former DC Comics historian, Mark Farrington, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Good to be back. You're on leave from your yes, hello, hijinks, you know, your internet video troupe. It is good to be back. I miss you guys. What are you reading right now? You know what? I'm actually going back. I read a trade from Mark Wayne and Mike Waringo's run on Fantastic Four. Hmm. 
three-issue story called Hereafter. Set up Hereafter, it takes place after the Fantastic Four have invaded and taken over Latveria since Doctor Doom is trapped in hell. The aftermath of this battle, the thing is actually killed. Now, Reed Richards can't take the brunt of losing his best friend, so he invents a machine that takes them to heaven with the mission of dragging Ben Grimm's soul back to Earth. Still couldn't heal May Parker. <laughs> I was just going to say, they could have let her <laughs> die and then brought her back. May Parker. It was good. Um, Mark Wade to me, is a master of boiling down what is essential about a character and what is cool, and then exploiting it. I never really cared about the Fantastic Four until I started reading his run, and they're just walking into heaven like we would go to New Jersey. Hmm. Um, great character moments. I, I'm struggling to think of ways to describe this. It was just great. End of the story, they actually meet God, who has a very familiar face. Stanley. Jack Kirby. Ah. Um, pick it up. Especially if you don't know, if you haven't read any Fantastic Four that you like, check this out. Just had a flash in my head of like a lost scene in One More Day where Pete shows up at the uh, Fantastic Four building. He's like, oh, do you have any kind of machine that can get me to heaven and get Aunt May back? And Reed's kind of like trying to kick this other machine through the door. He's like, nah, nothing like that around here. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to pick that, uh, check that up, you know? You won't be disappointed. Get some, uh, some floppies. Let's move on to the DC Comics. The best book you're going to read this week, I'm sure. Wait, so. I don't appreciate your tone right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the Batman. Scott Snyder. Greg Capivio on art. Uh, you know, something is afoot in the Gotham City. It certainly is. Something very old... You know, something hidden. An old evil. In the cracks of the history of Gotham City. Uh, Alan Wayne, you know, he put that city together. Something happened in his past that was hidden from Bruce. Uh, Scott Snyder packs, I think it's only 20 pages or 22 pages, but he packs enough, you know, dialogue and stuff. A lot to, of story. A lot, of, lot to take in that it's worth, you know... The the uh, is it three ninety nine or two ninety nine? I think it's I believe it's two ninety nine. Yeah, two ninety nine. Um, I think this is issue four, three, three, three. three. Um, great stuff. Uh, the one complaint I had was you know there's some kind of Al character that is introduced, um, and now that I think about it, it was kind of weird. Like the the cliffhanger, the first issue said that it was Dick Grayson that was the murderer of this uh, investigation that Batman was taking part in, according to the fingernails. Right. Um, I guess that got dropped real quick because they... The, uh, well, hang on, Slim. You know that back in the Silver Age, before Dick Grayson was Nightwing, he was Owlman. It was like a what-if story of him becoming Bruce's partner instead of sidekick. So yeah, get it team. on the Google. Intern. Mark Farrington looks like he's frozen in time. Can you comment on this? I'm disbelieving, <laughs> but I'm confirming. Just Google Dick Grayson. You are playing it safe right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't straddle that fence anymore. Dick Grayson, Owlman. Google All right. it. Google I think it right you're now. wrong. Someone check Mark's drawers, you too, because what? I think he just left a nice little present in there. And I, I think, think you're wrong. I think but. if I'm right, my whole wiki needs to come down. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
All right, so so Dick Grayson was you know framed at one point for this dead body they found, which Dick Grayson told a story in this I think second issue, which Bruce Wayne believed him, but was also running some kind of lie detector shenanigans on him, just in case. <laughs> um, so it turns out that there's you know some deep rooted uh, organizational uh, thievery happening in Gotham City, which was hidden. But what was odd to me is. Uh, Bruce Wayne talks to Alfred and asks him about Alan Wayne's death or if anything about Al's. And Alfred tells him a story. And he's like, oh, now that you mention it, there was some kind of, your, you know, your grandfather, your great-grandfather was kind of kooky towards the end. And he, he said the owls were watching him. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this the first time they've talked about the owl business that's happening in Gotham? He was attacked by an owl man. You know, that alluded to dark history in Gotham and Alfred was just didn't want yeah. to interject about this. And why would not why would Bruce not know about this old family? cover? I'm right. Yeah. You are wrong, Jonesy. So nope. that was the I, I I wanted to go back and read the issues to see if him and Bruce had ever talked about the owl business that had happened so far, but I would think that Scott Snyder would have been smart enough to not have them have a discussion about it, so maybe they just never talked about it until that issue. But I I, I couldn't believe that it never came up, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, they mentioned that your your great grandfather went kind of nutty and th- thought that owls were after him. So yeah. maybe I'll bring that up right now. Now that you asked a third time, um, so what's happening, uh, historians? There's no. Was Jonesy making that up? He was no, making that up. No, just <laughs> doing some research. Just like Daredevil was a member of the Avengers, and just like West Kirk Music wrote <laughs> Superman Birthright. <laughs> Dick Grayson was not Owlman. Uh, Brian Azzarello, Jonesy said. Oh, maybe. That's uh, right. Maybe Jonesy can drop another F-bomb so we can throw the whole segment out the window. <laughs> Somebody better be fervently know, working almost, on that wiki. It's so oh, insane, good. but Jonesy, didn't Jonesy say Silver Age what-if story? So yeah. it's like so absurd that it could be one of those. Yeah. Didn't Batman have like purple costumes and different color costumes? a rainbow costume. Yeah. I can find that. I, you know, I'm doing it. Where did I'm you even see it. this, Jonesy, first of all? I remember it as... And were you sober when you saw it? Uh, yeah, I was definitely sober. I just remember it as an old... Like I have he issues... Gave up. Uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold Not mm-hmm. the cartoon but the old comic 70s okay And I remember there was like an issue with Nemesis As his team up both It's like an older is, issue I have And I remember in the back uh, <laughs> A solicit <laughs> Who for first? For you know the One of the criminals is like Whatever happened to Robin the boy wonder And the other criminal is like it's Owlman Batman's new partner I know I saw this somewhere That is the silliest thing I've ever heard But we, we're running out of tape I'm not intelligent is, We can't do that up. any more time to this ludicrous conversation no. <laughs> <laughs> Dale what time, What's the time Jack do we have time Whoa oh, whoa God. hold on And Batman 107 The grown up boy wonder April 1957 Dick Grayson is exposed to a strange gas and wakes up uh, in the morning to, as a fully grown adult man. He is unable to be Robin because of his costume now being too small. So he dons an owl costume and becomes the Owl Man. He partners with Batman against a trio of former circus acrobats turned criminals called the Daredevils. At the end of the story, however, Grayson returns back to the body of a teenager as Robin. Take my wiki down. Use all just got served. Guess what? What? You've been Farrington. What? DC Comics, bitch. I just Farrington you. What? What? <laughs> you. Yeah, I... pictures. 
Uh, I feel, here, well, where did you find read it? The wiki? Yep, it's on the wiki? wiki under miscellaneous. This could be the very... Go ahead and read it. If not there's nothing is... you can't trust, it's user-edited content. Uh, not only is this the first time Jonesy's ever feel been so right, good. Wait, wait, wait. Most... wait. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This is from the animated series of the Batman that came out in like 2003. Read it. Read it. 1957, bro. Well, we got a tape. You know, <laughs> you know what? Moving silliness. on. You're right. You're right. Moving on. That's right. I am Lightning round. Dale underscore A... We want to hear from you. So do we want no? Let's let's, no, let's let's do another round. All right, good. Uh, Avengers number nineteen. I specifically read this book because Bendis tweeted that it was a it was a good time to pick it up if you haven't been following along. This is a good point one issue. Yeah, point one without being point one because point one will be coming up later. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was. I mean, it was. I guess it was a good. Jumping on issue, uh, Cap is going around trying to recruit some new members for the team. Um, specifically, tries to pick up the Black Panther, and uh, the Black Panther's like, "Well, I can't really do it. I'm a, too busy in Hell's Kitchen over here. Mm. Why don't you ask my wife, Aurora, oh, T'Challa, Ch- yeah. T'Challa?" So uh, she's like, "Yeah, okay. She's a, she's a member. You know who's back? Vision. Vision's back. Um, as a as a surprise by Tony Stark." He's, he's he's fiddling with Vision in his garage. He's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell anybody I was working on him, you know, until I got it right. But here he is, ready to go. And he like, you know, so Vision's on the team now. And it's just it's funny because Wolverine and uh, Spider-Man are like, so where's that leave us? Are we still on the team? We don't know because they don't even go out to, you know how they always march in front of the press and say, here are your, new, here are you event, your Avengers. Uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man didn't go out. And I, I'm not entirely sure I'd be interested so you, what you're telling us right now is that Brian Michael Bendis lied to you. Brian Michael Bendis, he, he lied to me. He let me down. Hmm. We never built that treehouse in the back together like he promised me. That's sad. You know? So who, who drew this? That was oh, um, oh, um, our boy. What's his name? What's Daniel Acuna. Acuna. Who yeah. hates Daniel Acuna in this room? This guy. Why? Because his art lacks talent. Oh my god! Oh boy, I want you to draw a comic book and, and then we'll compare it to Daniel Cunha. Done. <laughs> Let's talk about my comic for why I still have another time. segment derailed by Mark and possibly Jonesy. Jonesy is waiting uh, to derail. So said nothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Did it you? was a jumping on point, but I'm not staying on. You know what I'm saying? Ironic that uh, it's a possible that Spider-Man and Wolverine won't be on the team. You don't you don't want to stay on. That's what we always make fun of that Spider Man Wolverine on the team. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I've, I guess I've just grown to love to yeah, love them. And maybe the frightening. current roster. Sto- I don't know. I, I just the story. I mean, that was cool that they were trying to reassemble these characters. But I, otherwise, I don't know if the the roster, not even the roster, just the the storyline overall was engaging enough for me to want to read next month. Huh. So I gave you, I gave you a, a chance, Brian. Were you, you burned me once? Shame you, on you! You burned uh, me twice. Shame on me. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Were you ever an Avengers reader? I'm just curious. Yeah, I've uh, off and on. Um, the the arc, not the volume before this volume, I was pretty heavy into the Avengers when he kicked it off from uh, issue one. But this this latest volume, I've kind of been off and on about when uh, JRJR kicked it off. That arc, I read the first couple issues of that, but um, I haven't gotten back on full time. Okay, I, I remember. Like, so I like Bendis' Avengers. 
I picked up, uh, I, I read Avengers back in the day when Kurt Busiek and George Perez relaunched mm-hmm. it. That was some great stuff. Yeah, Those that were was. some thick books, too. They weren't 22-page books. I was reading an Avengers retrospective just randomly throughout the week, and they made a great point. I feel like the Avengers, every 18 months in real time, are reassembling their team. I mean, didn't we just get a team lineup shake up a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and then we just got this volume restarting over again? Mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the team tradition in history, but this gets boring after a while. Give me my lineup and keep it the same, dang it. Yeah. Strong words. From Mark. Dang it. We don't prefer anyone to say dang it on the show, but... That's the cleanest thing somebody's ever said on this show. Well, I thought F-bombs was going too far. Loves beer. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now, Slim? Morning Glories, number 14. A much-loved book. Uh, This is much-loved. This issue uh, continues the introduction of the new teacher, Miss Hodge, and um, follows... The uh, the children as they do the forest run, which is you know one of their tests that they're always doing to these kids. You know they don't explain why in a lost kind of fashion where they can live or die. Right, that kind of test. You know, I I had said I think I reviewed the last issue a couple episodes ago, and I said it it looked like Juliet showed up, and Miss Hodge is definitely the Juliet counterpart. Ugh. Um, the only thing you know these issues are becoming hit and misses. I, I think. No. They're really trying to rely on creating this mythology. What I did like in this issue, and spoilers for who's ever listening, uh, <laughs> I don't mean, uh, I don't care. Depressing. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but the one interesting thing was there's like cut ins of this flashback of this like Salem witch trial. And, you know, you're not, you know, you really don't understand why they're flashing back during this, this issue. But it's uh, this inquisitor is asking. This witch about, uh, you know, her husband and, you know, we're going to kill your husband if you don't reveal, you know, this vision that you had. And, you know, it, it doesn't make sense until like the last two pages where she finally admits to what the vision is. And it's a vision of the kids running through the forest. So it's like she looked forward in time. Are you to the Morning Glories Academy? As a Morning Glories reader, are you any closer to finding out? What the story is behind the school? I only read the first no. trade. In, I would in fact, be so I'm annoyed, so frustrated. I, yeah. I oh god, yeah. that would be hell on earth. It, it's crazy, and, and it's a lot like Lost, where it's becoming like a lot of great premises in one series, and none of the premises are, is really explored. Yeah, I read that one of the last issues was supposed to answer some questions, but it did the it, Lost it thing, didn't. where it just opened if up anything, more questions. It just, it, yeah, it answered one question and asked, like, ten more. Ugh. Is it keeping you coming back? It, yeah, because I want to see what it's all about, but at the same time, it's like watching Lost Season 6, where I'm mad. At, I'm watching every episode, but I'm mad about it afterward. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be able to read that book monthly. It, and it's difficult it because I I have to go back and most of the time like reread the last two or three issues yeah. to remind myself what's going on. It's hard to watch monthly. That's why they just another lost you know uh, parallel as they got to the point by season four that if they didn't show each episode back to back, people would stop coming back yeah. to watch it. Yeah, they couldn't take those breaks anymore. Jonesy, what you're saying is like is like makes me feel like. I had a balloon animal guy make me a balloon animal sword, and I was holding it right out in front of me, and then it popped, and then it deflated, 
and sagged. That's what that's what it was like. Exactly. What it, what that, it was yeah, like. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to keep this train moving. Mark, you uh, you recently battled Jonesy on this very episode about Owlman and the drama that it caused. The thing I like about my teammate and fellow podcast members, even though I can prove him wrong, he doesn't hold a grudge. Well, you know, you what are else are wrong. you reading right now, Mark? I am reading Justice League number three by Jeff Johnson, Jim Lee, a oh, book yeah. I can't help but keep my eye on. Delicious. Uh, excuse me. Book opens up with Steve Trevor, longtime boyfriend of in the old DC of Wonder Woman, oh, walking no, through the Pentagon. I don't know what that is. This old DC. Walking through the Pentagon looking for Wonder Woman. Guys made a claim. She literally walked through the wall and is doing the fish out of water thing with her swinging her sword in hand looking for a harpy. Next, she's approached by a little girl who's eating an ice cream cone. She's never had ice cream. She buys ice cream for the girl and herself. Steve Trevor finds her. Then she's attacked by parademons from Apocalypse. Meanwhile, the book also cuts back to Flash, Superman, Green Lantern, and Batman fighting an army of parademons, no closer to figuring out what's going on in the plot. And we see Victor Stone uh, get operated on by his father to help save his life, taking one step closer to become Cyborg. Get to the point, Jeff Johns. I'm so sick of these team-building books where they take six six issues to build the team together. Guy's unloading over here. Uh, He blew blew his Jeff Johns a lot too soon. I think I did. You just got out the geese. <laughs> <laughs> I love the art. I like I'm okay with the cast. It's just three issues in and we're still no closer to getting I, this book together. I forgot that this took place five years, so the Wonder Woman stuff freaked me out. I thought this was five five years in the past. Because you have Azarello, your boy, doing a great uh portrayal of Wonder Woman, you know, strong, confident, mm-hmm. sexy. No longer made of clay. <laughs> so I mean, Wonder Woman confidence can't get any sexier right living, now. Living, breathing. So you have this Justice League where she's presumably, you know, right off the boat. And she's talking all hokey-like. Like, oh, what's this? It's ice cream. Have you ever had ice cream? Like, get the hell out of here with this garbage. I don't want to read, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, experiencing the world like an idiot. You did a double take <laughs> for a minute, didn't you? Yeah, it was goofy. So did I. It was, wait a minute, what is this? And I'm thinking to myself, like, while I'm reading this... You know, this is the state of comics that we're in. I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, man, chicks that read this comic, they're going to be so mad, and they're going to be so upset on the internet about how Wonder Woman is portrayed. There was a few scenes where it was kind of cool where she was just, like, randomly killing all these Wizard of Oz monkeys in the book. Did you get that thing, too, where you, you saw them flying, and they're like, this kind of reminds me of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but it wasn't really, the point didn't hit me with Wonder Woman, where it really came home was watching Superman go to work. Because we're not really used to seeing him maim and cut off limbs. He killed like eight of them. Oh, yeah. He would pick up a Mack truck and swing it around like a baseball bat and kill maybe 20 of them uh-huh. in one swing. He'd throw a tire and it would cut off arms and legs of people. Yeah. He doesn't usually do that. Of of all possible first introductions to Wonder Woman, this would have been last on my list of how to do it. Agreed. Absolute last. I concur. Yeah. They're trying it, to milk. I mean, it bummed me out, to be honest. The, the super creative duo of Johns and Lee you know they're just gonna they're gonna get as much out of them as they can you know if that's right for a trade or whatever on the on the flagship book and even yeah. the stuff she was saying like for Hera 
that those lines, the hokey lines where she's like entering battle and she's yelling out all these lines. Ugh. Man, he could have done way better. Are you still liking the book overall? I know you were kind of liking it when it first started. I mean, the Jim Lee art's really good. Batman's yeah. never looked better, I think. Can't deny it. Yeah. I think Justice League it. International is a book I probably prefer. But you're right, you can't beat the art. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's keep it moving. Uh, is it light, lightning round or is it... I think it's lightning We might round. have to forego uh, lightning round. Oh, yeah? We're running out of tape, tape? Oh, darn. We're running out of tape. We, we can't mean, do that. Should we do light? We'll do one. I'll start the lightning round. Love segment. I'll start the lightning round right now. Don't. Thanks, Jonesy. Severed. That's the lightning round? No. <laughs> Give me a minute, all right? Give me a minute. Um, Let's go for the drama. Slow build horror comic book. Did something in this issue that I was not expecting until the very end. What to do? Dale, your turn. Nice. Oh boy. Uh, new Avengers number eighteen. Why do you do this to yourself? Why do I do this to myself? I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> Is that it? That was your uh, lighting yeah, round? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, DC Universe presents number three. You had me, you had me, you had me, you lost me. Oh, no. Let's switch over to another character, Boston Brand. Oh, he's still the character in that? Yeah. It just ended with this one, I think. Hmm. Mega Man number seven. <laughs> Who knew a book about video game characters could be so interesting? Could be my new guilty pleasure book now that Darkwing is canceled. Oh, Darkwing. I Did thought that was, a... that was the oh, book. God, it ended so well. Crossover with DuckTales, Scrooge and Darkwing, shoulder to shoulder. Classic. Was, La- was Launchpad in it? Oh, you better believe he was Who in was, it. Who uh, was Launchpad's alter ego? No, Launchpad was just Launchpad. Yeah. It had Gizmo Duck, his yeah. accountant. Blather and Blather Skates. Yeah. Oh, crack show. yeah, yeah, I remember that. He, he would, like, count the shotgun shells that were shot out. Wasn't that one of the scenes? Anybody? Yes. Yes, it was one of them. He's right. Was Baloo in it from the? Baloo was not Tailspin. Tailspin, yeah. Launchpad McQuack. Uh, we need to get into our book club right now. Yeah, book club Marvels by Kurt, Kurt. Busick, and mm. once the darling of the internet world, comic Jesus. I refer to him as to Mandy Boo, Alex Ross. That's a good. That's a good uh, comparison. She she's late bloomer to the comic world, so she didn't really get Alex Ross. Yeah, a lot of people do get Alex Ross though, and they will sling their sling box around for him. <laughs> so this was, I think, this is his first major work with Marvel or with any company. I think this is before Kingdom Come. It was. Um, so this is a four issue mini telling the story of the the creation of the Marvel universe. You know, the first appearances and. Through the eyes of a photographer, a four. It's more, more important. It's more like a four coffee table book mini, because mm. it's humongous. Yeah, yeah. Clocks in a what two hundred and some pages. Yeah. Wow, I didn't pages. realize it. Yeah, it's kind of goofy. Uh, this I read it digitally in the comics app, and this I think was one of the very first digital books that Marvel released. 
and it was above a certain page count, so it was split up into two parts. I mm. noticed that. Yeah, it was really odd. I don't. They don't do it anymore. But when they first started, they they experimented with some stuff very different. Um, I remember back in the day of Wizard. I got Wizard every month, and Alex Ross was like, I mean, he was bigger than you know S back then. Yeah, he, he was. Could, he could paint somebody taking a big crap, and it would people would be all over it. I actually had that print. <laughs> so, I, and I was trying to explain to Mandy Boo. You know who Alex Ross was, and I think at the time of comics there was no like photorealistic art in the business, and he jumped onto the scene where no one had ever you know brought a sense of realism to their superheroes before. You know he made it look like still photography, and in my opinion now I think there's a ton of fantastic artists that you know make Alex Ross's art you know look outdated. Even his stuff now. Am I the only one that thinks that? Yeah, I think, but I think Alex Ross is more. It's all painted. I mean, the the canvases for these things are got to be huge, right? I mean, didn't I he know. paint all this? I I know he always used to use himself and his friends as like art uh, yeah. studies. Yeah, but I I agree. I mean, nowadays you can get uh, several other people that look <clears throat> equally as well. Mm-hmm. You know. So it starts off with, you know, uh, the Human Torch, the original one. Uh, Neymar, Namor is introduced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you really get the sense of of the, the townspeople and, you know, the regular folk. And, you know, he calls them the Marvels. Um, and it's it's interesting, you know, you go through the World War II, you know, when they talk about Cap, and it's all these people reading about Captain America in the newspaper. You really get the reaction of, you know, how... Would people react if someone like Captain America was real? You know right. how they unite and you, you know, they join up a character like that that's fighting for their freedom, mm-hmm. and they all kind of take sides with Namar and the Human Torch. Um, I thought that was very interesting. You know, it's it's a Kirk Busiek can write the hell out of anything. Yeah, anything. Absolutely. I put him up next to uh, Mark Wade. Not gonna lie to you. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I I definitely would too. I mean, the guy. This so, is the first time I read it. Yeah, ever. Yeah, actually. so did I. I'm glad I read it. I mean, I know it's it's pretty held high. Yeah. You know. Um. But I'm glad I. Yeah. I mean, the guy can write. Like this, this book is told through the eyes of common man in Manhattan, living in Manhattan, with the advent of superpowered beings. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, he nails it for what it's worth. I think he nails per- this perceptions of the people at the time. I thought the perception of the mutants was was spot on too. And it's a perception that they don't really touch anymore. Yeah. About how you know the they're the you know they're like the scum of the earth. Yeah, they're freaks. Yeah, like they're the freaks of society. And, and the second anyone mentions the word mutant or there might be a mutant nearby, it's like a it's like a mob scene. And they're all grabbing what they can to try to, like, kill the mutant. Mm-hmm. And if you say anything nice about mutants, you either are a mutant or you're a dirty, mutie sympathizer. Yeah, mutie lover. And what was great about the way they portrayed that was they took a scene. They had a character on the panel describe the X-Men um, attacking a man falling off of a window-washing platform. They said Cyclops blasted, tried to blast him, and... They threw an ice slide at him so he would go faster, and 
one years of reading the X-Men comics, we have a pretty general idea of what they were trying to do. But to the outsider who can't hear the narration and doesn't see all the moments leading up to that, you can really tell how they just paint their own conclusion, mm-hmm. furthering how mutants are the scum of the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, um, you know, there's an issue where a little girl mutant uh, is, is you know, being hunted and he comes home to find that his family has taken the girl in in the basement, you know, and he's stunned to find out that mutants can be, you know, as sweet and innocent as a little girl and, you know, mm-hmm. isn't yeah. they, they aren't menacing. It kind of flips his world upside down. One of my favorite moments in the book was the coming of Galactus as told through the common angle. Uh, the way this issue was wrote back in Stan's day is the Silver Surfer decides to try to make the Earth look unappealing. So he fills the sky up with fake boulders and asteroids. He sets the flame. He sets the sky on fire with a fake hologram. And we read these in two panels and know, okay, it's fake. The heroes are going to come through. But the guy on the street looking up is thinking that the world's about to end. Mm-hmm. People are rioting. People are scared. People are praying. And you just so often are we used to reading about the fantastic and the extraordinary that you forget what the man on the street is really going to think and feel. Yeah, part of that issue, I, actually, I think might have been my favorite sequence of the books is when the he goes home. You know, he's, they're in the, um, uh, I guess, that it, what does he work for? The Daily Bugle? Is that who no, he works he was for? No, he freelance, um, but I can't remember what the, his other Daily paper, Globe. Daily Globe. Uh, so I'm kind of going to paraphrase, like, he said, he, his inner thoughts are, you know, I've been through so, so much, I've seen all this, I've thought the world was going to end, you know, uh, many times, but it looks like this is it for real, and the only thing I want to do is go home. So you see him try to take a taxi and like people have just abandoned their cars and so he finally gets like to a suburban neighborhood and like one of his neighbors is just like drunk on the street and be like we're all gonna die and like the guy's you know drank himself into a stupor and all he wants to do is get to his family like that's like that's where Busick shines like taking the fantastic element away and really telling you how humanity reacts like it's almost like his Astro City caliber writing that he saved for this book. So, like, moments like that I really loved. And to tell you the truth, I was kind of turned off by, by most of the marvels in this book. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't understand, like, reading it all in one sitting, I don't know how people didn't just, like, kill themselves outright living in this world with marvels and I know. worlds, you know, nearly coming to an end every day. I was mentally exhausted. But it captured the feeling of the Marvel Universe perfectly where at first they held these guys up on a pedestal. And as time went on and more and more marvels came out, you could see them roller coastering with how they felt about them. Uh, Fantastic Four saved the world from Galactus and then next panel is them being vilified in the papers about it Sh- being a hoax right it being yeah. a hoax yeah it really showed the deconstruction of iron man when he went through a self-destructive phase mm. when hank when henry pym beat the wasp and that was all over the news so it really captured that marvel feeling of tearing down their heroes Bu- and Busick did a great job of basically like magnifying the human race and their opinions of things in that because you know we're so up and down about everything on the news that it's exactly what would happen we'd be up and down on these guys you know you'd look at like irredeemable i mean you you i immediately thought of irredeemable the way 
like people are up and down on these guys and you know nobody in the marvel u is going to pull that because it's just not you know the ip that marvel owns but mm-hmm. you, 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 it makes sense like you know the hu- humans can be very critical yeah. humans because superheroes exist dirtbags yeah what was cool about the book from a technical standpoint is the book opens up with the birth of the original human torch and it follows the entire golden age of marvel ending at about the end of the silver age around the death of gwen stacy era and every moment that phil sheldon actually follows is chronologically how it happened in real time marvel universe yeah so we got the creation of the original human torch and the awe, the wonder, the spectacle, the fantastic of it. Then Namor coming and invading, them fighting. Then the invaders teaming up. Captain America, the death of Captain America, the birth of the Avengers. So it was a really well done piece that structurally held well together. My only mm. structural um, complaint was that the ending just kind of happened in like two pages. I hated that ending. Yeah. I thought I was missing pages. <laughs> I can't remember the ending now that you've talked about it. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he like decided to hang it up with his assistant. He told his assistant to go oh, do yeah. the documentary. Right. And then he's like, hey, let's get a picture with this random kid delivering my paper, and this could be your first image. Danny Ketch? Yeah, Anybody Danny Ketch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting that... ready to catch it. Uh, 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 hey. and, but, I mean, like it just happened, and that was it was like the end. And I, I was flipping you know, on the iPad, and I was like, what? That's it. I was surprised because I mean I was I felt like I was reading this thing forever, and the way it ended, it was just like that's 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 the that's it. Yeah. Tying it up like that, that was a that was kind of a punch in the gut because <clears throat> it was a lot. I mean, overall, I think I'm talking myself into liking it more than I did as we talk about it now. I didn't really have any <laughs> any super negative feelings before coming into book club about it, but I don't. I just realized I was exhausted reading it because it was a lot to get through. Yeah, but while we were reading, I think I texted you a couple times. I was like, uh, you have any trouble getting through this thing? Yeah, yeah. And my biggest critique is really the readability of it. I mean, Alex Ross's art in some of these splash pages might have been the most beautiful art I've ever seen in a comic book. But his art really doesn't lend itself to that small panel style of no, storytelling. It so, like, you're so overstimulated, and the pages are so busy at some points that, like, I would find myself, like, sitting in my chair reading and, like, unintentionally just, like, flipping through because it was just – and then having to stop and be like, oh, I have to go back because I, I missed what's going on now because I just flip, flip, flip because it was too much going on on one page. And, you know, conversely, in Kingdom Come, that's kind of told in mostly splash pages – so it's like very organic the way you read a couple with his art. And this was just, I just don't think Kurt Busick and Alex Ross are a good match because he's, he's wordy. That's a good critique. Yeah. And he, he has like a very, you know, linguistic style of writing where you need to be in depth and reading. And Alex Ross just likes to tell the whole story with a picture. Yeah. Cause you could tell Alex Ross on some of the pages, even the single pages, the whole background is one painting, but then there's panels of other paintings in front of it. And you can yeah. see the painting oh. in the background. Like, there's just a that lot going on. Yeah. So you didn't like it, I gather. Uh, having read, you know, Kingdom Come and having read Astro City and knowing what these guys are capable of, I did not enjoy this book. Hmm. Wow. I, well. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoy it more the fact that – and I know – uh, you know, some of the pages that Alex 
painted and Kurt drew were pages of famous covers from Marvel issues back in the day. But at the back of the book, when they actually have a like a, you know a, a footnote page or bibliography of all the reference material that went into all these issues, it was pretty epic how Busick had to do all that homework and get uh, the timeline down right and and all the major events that happened in that time. I mean, he spent like a year on this project with Alex mm. to get it all in. I think I appreciate I appreciate the book that much more for it because there's a lot that I you know I don't even know going into it because and i'm glad they included that at the back of the book because i felt like i was too ignorant to appreciate what was happening in the pages because there was a lot of events and covers that i wasn't even aware of that i know was going into the book so they had like an easter egg list yeah of all the all the titles and all the issues at the back of the book like you want to read you know you want to see the famous namor human torch fight in, in issue one or whatever that's like you know, Marvel tales. When I was uh, talking about Wizard early earlier, I remembered that you know these books really got the Wizard treatment in some of their features, where they pointed out all the Easter eggs, where you know this is so and so character appearing in this panel, and you know uh, the name of the painting escapes me, but the scene where they're in the diner and the Human Torch is sitting next to them—that's a famous painting yeah, that Alex yeah. Ross kind of edited to fit the book. Um, I know there was a. There was, there was a bunch more. Um, Joe Kubert's driving the cab. Yeah. Phil Sheldon's trying to get home. Yeah, this That's is... right. Yeah, this is... Um, Mark just passed me the 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 uh, appendici, or whatever it's called. Um, but the wizard one was, was like, really m- uh, m- uh, the minutia of the Easter eggs. And I don't... that None of that stuff is online. I looked... You know, I Googled the heck out of it to find out, and I had all the single issues, but I sold all the wizards that had that stuff. So mm. I don't think any of that stuff is online and, you know, readable, which sucks. One of the things that, I guess, the story within the story that made me appreciate this book is towards the end of it where he decides that he's going to vilify one of these characters by clearing Spider-Man's name. So he goes yeah, to talk to Gwen Stacy, and... I'm a sucker for any Gwen Stacy story told because she died before I was born. So it's nice to have them have their moment. Mm -hmm. But I've read the original countless times. I love how in the original we follow Peter and Norman Osborn from the moment she's kidnapped to the moment she's died. We know how he's feeling. We know the inner turmoil. So to see that story from a third angle of we see this cute, innocent girl, uh, carelessly thrown in between these two people battling these two marvels and to watch spider-man seemingly kill her quote-unquote and his visceral reaction to that i know that's what the story was about and i knew what the theme was going into it but watching that be executed and just this i don't know how to this outsider feeling that i have as a reader of going no you don't get the whole story that's not what Mm -hmm. happened then i gotta take a step back and realize well that's he's never going to hear Spider-Man's inner monologue. Right. He's never going to know. And it was just, wow. And they did a good job of setting it up to where Gwen, you got to know Gwen Stacy before that happened, too. Right. So, like, you just you got attached to her in just those four or five pages beforehand. It was a, they, they, they did a good job of, of uh, getting you involved in the story as well. So you could start barking at the pages saying, no, you, you don't understand the consequences or the... Or the uh, the scenario surrounding this and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Good. It's a, it's a long read, though. It was a long read. I think that's the biggest pain. It was exhausting. But I mean, looking at the source, like the uh, the sources of it, there, there's a lot. There was a lot to cover, and he he got it all in there. God bless him, man. It's Absolutely. Your boy. It's your boy, Jonesy. You're right, though. Good critique, Kurt. Bu. We got your letter. Is your Busick's favorite Busick? I'm gonna <laughs> open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. We're running late. I'm not gonna lie to you. Wow. We are literally. No more tape. We might run out of tape before the show ends. We apologize. Letters at papercake.com. Write us an email. A letter. You know, we'll read it. We, we might about, read it on the show. Talk about Marvel. Talk about one more day. I'm not going to make any promises. I kill giants. This one's coming to us from one of our own down south, from Mandy Boo, saying, Hello, friends. Where to start? Feel like the mysterious fifth host that's unable to voice an opinion because you people can constantly belabor my taste or lack thereof in <laughs> comics. It's okay, though, really. I know deep down you all love me and value my well-rounded opinions on comics. Is Jonesy crying yet? Fingers crossed. Planetary. I'd like to comment about one more day, but then I'd go. Uh, but then I'd got that one moment in time, please. Omit, get it. Nobody wants that. Spoiler alert, it's effing garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of things I'd like to rebuttal before Slim turns off the tape. Right. One, get it in quick, man. It's like she knew. Yeah, right? One, Robert Downey Jr. could kick all of your collective behinds. He may be older, but his face is still wonderful, Slim. Two, Damian Wayne is a wonderful character, Mark. He's a perfect foil for the past Robins as well as Bruce. He's a walking tragedy. It's a beautiful train wreck. Mandy, he's a one-trick pony under Pete Tomasi. Oh, Point three. Pony. Dale, I like you, but prelude to Spider Island. Dale, you're breaking my heart. Jonesy, I never should have spent money on Planetary. <laughs> Five, Fear Itself. Guess from the throat when it comes to me. I'll tell you that. Five, Fear Itself was a fantastic event, quote-unquote. Haters to the left. Much love, Mandy Boo. First of all, I will let's hit the first point here. Catfish R- Robert Downey R D J is to quote, you know, the great Seinfeld, his face looks like a beat up catcher's mitt in that Avengers trailer. Did you just I, call Seinfeld great? Let's not get into that. Do you want to get in? Uh, no, 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 wait, no, no, Dale's right. No, he's right. <laughs> Keep going. He's right. Uh, number two. Yo, there ain't no black people in Seinfeld. That's what your answer was gonna be, all right? No, I called you out no. on it. Yeah, no. I've heard your argument before. Gentlemen, no, we will. Gentlemen, let's reel it in. Please continue. All right, all right. let's not have another Al Man scene. Number two, Damian. For those Wayne. interested in the truth, Al Man <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> under miscellaneous. Two, Mandy Boo. Thanks for the letter. Damian Wayne is a one-trick pony, written under Pete Tomasi. They've gotten as much mileage out of him as they're ever going to get. Next letter. Oh my God! Wow. Sarah Titus. All right. All right. Sarah. Show sponsor. Our number show sponsor. one show sponsor. Hey, Paper Keg, it's Wednesday night. Just made my way through another stack of required reading. And now, kicking back to the white noise that is y'all. I picked an episode at random and got number 14, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Mm. Slim's assessment that independent comics are looked forward to more was pretty on. Thank you. Every week, Titus and I each have books that we read because we want to and books we read because we need to as owners of an LCS. And make up about 80% or so of our books. Some weeks, it can be a daunting task, especially when we're powering through between Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Independent books are the ones we reach for because they're fun. Many of the big on, big two ongoing titles are a chore. And more so when involved in a crossover, lapping, sprawling, infecting, everything drama. FYI, this week, Paul Grist, Weird World of Joe, or excuse me, Jack Staff, 
put out a new serial fiction comic, quote unquote, from Image called Mudman. Meant to be read once a month, preferably on paper. Thanks for being there, fellas. There you go. I did uh, use Mudman as my lightning round. Paper Cake 32, check it out. That's right, you did. 33. Nah, Sarah's right. The big two books are becoming a really? chore to 33? read. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sarah's the best. Thanks for writing, Sarah. Yeah, right? Comic Book Shop. Check it out. Wilmington, Delaware. They got a great domain name. I don't know how, I don't know how they ganked it. Comicbookshop.com. How'd you get that? Lucky Devils. Do we have another one, Mark? Yeah, we got... Made a deal with Mephisto. So but I, I do want to point out, thank you uh, for agreeing, me, agreeing with me also. The comic book shop. Yeah, let's move on. There's Mark. a shock. All right, moving on. We got a long one from Very Exciting, which thanks for writing, but it's long. I can't read all of it. We're running out of tape. Line, recommending us to read Sandman, Volume 1, oh, and geez. Death. And last one we got from Let Alex. Saying, Death. You want to talk about another comic with a, an awful cover on it? Death. That chick with the black hair. And the, and the necklaces. Dale, take... Hold on. Yeah, really. Hold on, Dale. <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> Last one's coming up from Alex saying, Hey, guys, long-time listener, hearkening back to the comics podcast days. First-time letter writer. Mm-hmm. Going to keep it short. I really think you guys need to do a book club on Supreme Power from Max Comics. Oh, yeah. It was a great, great run by JMS that was cut too short. I was just think an incredibly dysfunctional, effed-up, quote-unquote, Justice League. Yeah. Their version of Superman and Batman is hilariously dark. Keep up the good work and good conversations. Owen Jonesy, just Dave is cool, but you're way cooler. Oh, look at that. Who's this guy again? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex, you want to be in my wedding? Designer, Alex, art director. Married. Alex am. loves beer. I get married again, so Alex could be I, a uh, Yeah, Alex is, uh, I, we follow each other on the Tumblr. You know, he's a good uh, dude. He's a great web designer. Check, check oh, his yeah, stuff yeah. out. Alex is stoking the fake internet beef. Um, <laughs> I The one thing I remember, I think, about Supreme Power is naked man butt cheeks, and he's, like, banging his wife. Does anybody remember Super, yeah, Supreme Power? That's, uh, Who was Pencil Neck? Gary Frank? Yeah. Gary Frank. Yeah. So uh, it's what? I still remember his great cover with uh, Hyperion as a young boy covered in an American flag and, like, staring up. Yeah, at the uh, the time. camera, I uh, Fiends the channel that and the uh, I Kill Giants covered it. Marvel should uh, put that out digitally. They know what's good for. It's just like an issue but. episode of NYPD Blue, Man Cheek on TV. <laughs> Slim, uh, to answer your question, when Hyperion was being raised by his government parents, they do it. And uh, you see the movies. What about Do it anymore, us? I know. He uses that the F word when it doesn't. They engage in coitus. Like, yeah. uh, what do you want to hear? Right now? They the don't... other time he throws the F bomb on it. Yeah, pocket. they don't F word it, Jonesy. <laughs> and, I would actually uh, love to read Supreme Power. I've never read. You it. never read it? It's no. really good. I have the trade. I'll, I'll let it to you. We'll do it that. after we do some non-Marvel books. Um, but yeah, a Sandman. Very, at very exciting. Has recommended Sandman. We've talked about it. I know. Uh, yeah, we have. Congratulations. Very exciting. Just had a, a newborn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah Congratulations yeah. Oh, to wow. your brother. Congratulations. Yeah. Sandman. Sandman, yeah. I remember when we all talked about how Sandman was when you don't own a TV kind of reading, but uh, <laughs> everybody's yeah. turning on me. Or you don't eat meat. Yeah. That yeah. kind of deal. <laughs> they Somebody straps to a chair makes you read it. We'll probably read it. One day. Christmas present, maybe. One day. Um, letters at papercake.com. If you want to email us, preferably a little short, you know, on the email size, we will get to it. Definitely uh, make yeah. sure it praises slim. I, uh, people just love to agree with me, you know? Oh we did have an, ep- we did have an episode directly asking people to, to email with their disagreements with that Slim. We got a few of them. Yeah, one, they were all wrong. And but then it retracted and said how great you are. <laughs> Grief. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I changed someone's mind mid-email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, next show. Shut it down. We're trying to get something something cooking, you know? Yeah. Trying to get something big cooking. Maybe by the end of the year. Maybe. Who knows? You so. know? Who knows? Everybody. Guys, uh, Wikipedia slash the truth slash outman. You're wrong. Let it go. I just we, set a pick. Let it go. I'm we right, will Mark. see everyone next show. Maybe a special guest. Who knows? Stay tuned. We'll see everybody later. Goodbye. iTunes. I'm right, Mark. Now, man. <laughs>